<laughs> I don't know if that's how you start a podcast. <laughs> Jenny ha- assures me that she is feeling hilarious. I just had a, a, a sip of my hilarious juice, and we are ready to roll. All right. So welcome to Forbidden Cinema, going deeper. Hello. This week, we are going deeper on Vacation. Yes. The National Lampoon movie from 1983. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And you've... Come on. Is this really... If you're going to pick the first episode you're going to listen to in a... In a is this I really the first one that you picked? Maybe. Maybe you like Vacation. Maybe you're like... What's going on in 2023? And uh, it's fine. It's fine. No, so no, if you're it's new, fan- fantastic. It, if this is the first time you've ever clicked on us, absolutely. We're welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome aboard. But I don't know. Like, should we explain ourselves? It's yes. Feels- so we are a married couple. We've known each other since we were in teenagers. We're not weird Southerners. We didn't date and get married when we were straight out of high school. It didn't happen that way. But we've known each other for a long time, and so we have a similar background. We grew up in a very conservative uh, upbringing. And so a lot of movies and TV and media were off limits. And so we were just talking about it. You know, one day people kind of think we're funny and we're like, you know, you should, you should chat on a media um, for the (laughs) world to know out the two months around this release date. There's like seven movies I want to do. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, but so basically we're like, well, you know, there's some movies out there like I didn't see it. You didn't see it. Was it worth all the hype? Was it worth our parents making it verboten? Um, Hence, Forbidden Cinema. So welcome. We're talking about movies that either specifically or kind of genre-related were completely off limits when we were kids. Was it worth the hype? Are they sexy? Are they not? Are they stupid? And we're just having a good time talking about them. And then the next week, we take everything that we said, like, huh, I wonder if. And then I go, crazy deep <laughs> yes um, resident researcher yes, uh, yes. zach is going to tell us everything not just about the movie but everything tangentially related to the movie i believe uh, y'all there's so much left on the page that probably isn't even said. oh my if you had so. any idea the hours of research <laughs> that don't get in <laughs> so yes um, so that's where we are today, going deeper with vacation. So if you haven't listened to our vacation episode, check it out. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And Zach's going to do most of the steering. And I'm going to say a lot of like, wow, awesome, cool. I'm going to drink my hilarious um, wine. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this film was actually filmed kind of on location. They actually went to all the places. Wow. That's just, I don't feel like that's something you could do anymore. And I'm genuinely saying, wow, like I'm impressed by that. That is nuts. I mean, they actually went to the Grand Canyon. They actually like went through Arizona, through Colorado, through LA. Now their house is in LA. The house is not in Illinois, like all the other John Hughes houses. This is Harold Ramis, kind of, and John Hughes. Mm -hmm. It is based on a story from National Lampoon Magazine. So the story was fine. I don't know. We could maybe post a link or something. But uh, I, I like the uh, Holiday 59, the the Christmas Vacation one a little better. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you really wanted to get into the kids. Yes. And the kids change every movie. They do. I mean, they still say stay Rusty and Audrey mm-hmm. every time. And I was really weirded out by this one because I feel like in Christmas Vacation, the only one I'd ever seen that Audrey is significantly older than Rusty. Maybe. I don't know that I feel like she is, except for the fact that, like, she's a teenager 
and Johnny Galecki's voice hasn't changed. I, I get, maybe, and, and maybe. so there, there isn't necessarily that many years between that happening. I guess, but this movie was actually written where yes, Rusty is the younger brother, okay. and I think that one thing that we'll maybe get into towards the end of this that uh, we're gonna get into it now if we want to. That sure, it's our rules. The entire end of this movie, the whole ending was reshot. Oh, okay. That it screened very poorly. That, you know, the ending where they go to Wally World, they get mm-hmm. to the thing. Originally, they turn around and they go to Roy Wally's house and kidnap him. Basically Christmas vacation Basically style. Christmas vacation. And it's test screened very poorly. So months and months later, they came back for reshoots and shot the whole Wally World, John Candy, all of that. Okay. Was four or five months after they shot everything else. And four or five months in a teenage Anthony Michael boy's Hall life. Anthony grew about five inches. <laughs> yeah, that And so makes most sense. of the time we see him standing there. <laughs> like, yes, the, the ending shots of this movie, all the pictures and whatnot. Yes, he is much taller than he was for the rest of the movie. <laughs> okay. I mean, that happens, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's interesting that them kidnapping him tested so poorly but I'm assuming that Cousin Eddie kidnapping the boss tested fine and they stuck with it there. Had Cousin Eddie into the into the brink there. You know, that, that's when he gets into the mix, things get wackier. That's true. That, that's that's true. maybe something they learned from this and from Christmas Vacation, that we need a little more Eddie. We, that it's okay for our protagonist to maybe lose it a little bit, but we need him to stay in a box and we need a tangential character exactly exactly we already know has a metal plate in his head who already like does all these wacky weird things to go do break the law exactly he he can't break the law okay that's fair i mean i think we get too much cousin eddie and cousin eddie's island adventure we haven't seen that one i mean it's called fucking cousin eddie's island adventure it's called christmas vacation 2 cousin eddie's (laughs) island adventure (laughs) electric boogaloo yes yes so anthony michael hall yes didn't know a whole lot about Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, I feel like I do, but then I don't. He's that 80s kid in the John Hughes he's movies. He's an 80s kid in the John Hughes movies. I've seen him in 16 Candles. I've talked a little bit about, I and mean, this is probably still on the list. It's not probably as fun as other movies, but seeing um, Johnny Be Good like at a sleepover, like in elementary school. Johnny Be Good. I don't know if it's on our list, but help remind me to put it on our list. I think it is, but it's. Okay. I think it's kind of a drama. So we've... We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, it's got, what, Uma Thurman, um, Robert Downey Jr. I didn't realize that those two were, like, really tight friends for a while. Who? Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. Interesting. Maybe. Okay. Might, that might be some of the problematic issues. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who's the problem. It, it's me, maybe? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 this time, this time, I got it. Okay. 2020-23, Taylor's 2020 2023 2023 Boutros, 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 If you know that, you are a very subsection then, of Then BBC shoot an email in and I'll we'll give you some cred. Yes. Um, yes. So I know... Him as a teenager looking very skinny and having braces and then being very filled out in, oh, what's it called? Dead Like Me? No. What's that show called that he was in? You think of The Dead Zone. The Dead Zone. Where he is uh, my age, good looking dude. (laughs) He looks good. Yeah, he looks great. But he's very filled out um, in comparison. So I don't know if that's just how young he is and him becoming a man or like 
steroids. I have no idea. So, but yes, he looks very different, almost unrecognizable, honestly. But I, I remember watching a couple episodes of that and liking it, but that's literally the extent of what I know. <laughs> so um, he's actually Michael Anthony Hall, but there's already a Michael Hall in SAG. Oh, okay. And all his friends and family call him Michael. Oh, okay. So there's so. a little switcheroo. Exactly. He was in the 85-86 season of Saturday Night Live. He was a cast member. I had did not know that until today. No, and I've watched never... so much Saturday Night Live reruns on Comedy Central. They just must not show that season, that 85-86 season. Other cast members that season, Joan Cusack, Randy Quaid, and Robert Downey Jr. No, nobody. That, that, that season I've does never not get seen any of that SNL. Never. So I guess he started drinking about the time uh, that Vacation was made, about 13. And I guess his mm. by the time he was – he was 17, the youngest cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live. And, and he I guess blew his it. got a little out of control and spent a couple years in and out of rehab. And that's what I'm talking about. Hence a little uh, tight friendship with Robert Downey Jr. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, 86, he made the movie Out of Bounds, an action thriller that he starred in. And uh, it – flopped <laughs> yeah i mean like critically panned and i think that uh, roger ebert actually gave it a poor review but said it was because of the cliches and the tropes and that anthony michael hall had done pretty well i think okay. most other reviewers just said like who is this little boy trying to be an Wait, action that's star I think, like at that age like at that time would he have looked like a man i mean i i don't know i've i have no reference of him becoming dead zone right so in uh, 88, he's in Johnny B. Good. That's your yes. so he's football star. So starting to fill out he a little is, bit. He is, but he's still kind of, I mean, I, I when I think of him, I mean, it doesn't look like he does on vacation or in 16 Candles, but like he definitely doesn't look like he does in Dead Zone. Right. That looks like a different person. He turned down the roles of Cameron in Ferris Bueller Aww. and Ducky. Oh, dude. Actually, no. Well, because Ducky then would be Robert Downey Jr. and then would go to John Cryer. Like, that's a, such John a wild... John Cryer just owns that role. I mean, I have just this weird special place. The scene with him dancing to the Otis Redding song is just like, <laughs> doesn't matter where I am if that song comes on. Like, it is just a powerful moment. Like, if you haven't seen that scene... That was Annie Potts and Molly Ringwald had no idea that was coming. <laughs> and so their reactions in that scene are real. And it's amazing. It is the best. Like, John Cryer needs to just do things like that all the time. Yes. So uh, if you get a chance, read Ready Player 2. It is not as good as Ready Player 1. But there is a that is a huge plot point. Of is it? it? Yes. Yes. Sorry. And if I'm like... My ring is smacking my wine glass too much. <laughs> Apologies. So basically the next two years he did not act in and out of rehab. And he has been sober since 1990. Good for him. And uh, 1990 he came back as the bad guy in Edward Scissorhands. And I oh, think I that's where I, I recognize him as being kind of buff. And I mean, I saw Edward Scissorhands. We, I feel like we talked about this recently. My dad took me to the theater while we were on vacation at Myrtle I'm Beach. I'm pretty sure we saw it in the theater, too. And I'm pretty sure we have this conversation, literally, like, this exact I, conversation. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Not that long ago. I don't so know if goes on the list for what were they thinking, but... I mean, maybe, because... 
Yeah. I mean, we could get Vincent Price into our podcast. Oh, Vincent Price. You know I love Vincent Price. I love Vincent Price, too. I've, I, I, I'm not sure exactly where that love came from, but I... I have a egghead from Batman. Sorry. No, I don't think it's. A, <laughs> I don't think so. Ten cents for every egg a tax on Gotham. <laughs> no, I feel like there's some mo- old movie that I probably some un completely away like different type of genre that he's normally is is why I love him and didn't <laughs> don't know him from all of the macabre stuff he did. But my favorite is the sequel to the abominable Dr. Fives, the return or Dr. Fives rises again. <laughs> the very end of the film. The devil take your soul, Fives like, not for an appreciable amount of time. <laughs> and then he sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow as the credits play. Weird. Yes. <laughs> I think you could probably go on youtube and listen to vincent price singing that and you probably should we'll try to uh try to post some sort of link it will haunt your dreams <laughs> yes the dead zone played for 81 episodes that's decent that's a huge run on a i feel like i like have a show a memory of like watching an episode and they're in a break room of like a hospital and there's a vending machine and there's a conversation at a vending machine. That's what is in my head. But I remember enjoying whatever I watched. So and The Dead Zone was a Stephen King book. Okay. The movie was uh, Christopher Walken played the main character. Oh, I and, didn't even know there was a movie. Ah, um, 2002 to 2007. We talk about these, you know, moments of the video store in the 80s. Mm-hmm. We talk about how everything is streaming now. We talk just... What about 2002, though? Because if you missed the first two episodes of a show, and it's a show that like, goes narratively, showed it like episode to episode to episode, you're screwed forever. Kind of. You're never going to get caught up. Never. I mean, yeah, like in the 80s, there might be some television special and you miss it and you're never going to see it again. But like MASH, there's going to be reruns or whatever. Like, but like the Dead Zone, like it's... You have to watch it that week. There's no on demand yet. There's no... No. In fact, we're talking about that. Maybe there a DVD would come out. I feel like... Cause for $70. For some reason, I was talking about Lost with someone. And we were talking about that you and I, when we were very early in dating, I feel like it was Lost was going on, but we got caught up. So we had to have watched DVDs. To get caught up because they we it wasn't we might have uh, some of the seedier corners of the internet. Okay, but uh, we weren't watching it like there was no service to find it. It was not in syndication in any kind of way. But we watched recordings of earlier seasons to get caught up. So like the, what the first two seasons or so. I think we fell off about season three. Things started to get a little. Yeah, I mean ridiculous. for us, like we we spent the time to get caught up, and then we're got current, and then they were like. No. <laughs> yeah, this is getting weird. Uh, no. So moving on to Dana Barron. Dana Barron? Dana Barron. Not B-A- Dana Barrett? Not Dana Barrett. No, no. So uh, she got her start on stage at 11 in a play with Christine Baranski well, on Broadway. So, Yeah, that's wild. How, how do you come back from that? <laughs> at age 12, she was in He Knows You're Alone. Do you have any... I've never heard of this movie before today. No. Uh, it's Tom Hanks's first movie role. Oh, weird. Yeah. It is a kind of horror slasher in 1980, basically about a bride planning a wedding, which I feel like that could come back today. 
Because horror movies are always about something where you're kind of stuck and out of control. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's, 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 there's so many great set pieces for planning a wedding. There's a venue. There's yeah, the dress shop. Interesting. There's okay. the caterer, the cake shop. Really great set pieces. And I'm surprised they have not tried to redo this. Uh, the opening of the movie, a character is stabbed to death in a movie theater. Wes Craven would later kind of famously redo that in Scream 2. Mm-hmm. What, Scream 7 coming out now? So we'll see what happens. Um, there's a shower scene in this movie, which obviously a shower scene in a slasher movie. Yeah. I kind of went a little get- deeper on that. What do you think about a shower scene in a horror movie? Do you think it's cheap TNA? Do you think... The horror of being completely naked. Do you think that you're alone? That you're enclosed? That the killer is coming from the only way out? I kind of think it's all of the above. I I feel like people writing and scripting and blocking out a horror movie are like there. That's that's the check boxes. Like, how can we create a situation where you feel enclosed and claustrophobic? How can we create a situation when you're vulnerable? How do we create a situation that makes women uncomfortable and boys titillated? <laughs> I mean, I think that checks all the boxes. So I think that's a natural thing. And I I don't think it's as simple as like, let's show tits. But because it's also very But we fear- can fearful. also throw a few in there just b- because. I mean, you know. someone wins. And probably more people like it's it is a there's going to be a visceral response in multiple genres. Not the same response, but that's okay. We're just going for a response. So I think it's effective. So obviously, as best I can find, the first shower murder is Psycho, 1960. Yeah, that makes sense. What I would give to see that movie not knowing what was going to happen. The first time I saw that movie... I mean, I hadn't seen it. I knew something, but I don't think I knew exactly. I knew Norman Bates was the killer. I knew at Universal Studios you could redo, you could reenact the shower scene (laughs) for like a hundred bucks or whatever. I knew. I watched it in, so we had we had a high school film club for a while, and um, that we watched it then, and so that was the first time I watched it from start to finish, and I. We had not watched it at home, surprisingly, because we watched a lot of Hitchcock, but that was one that we didn't, we've never watched at home, ever. That one, I'm curious, now that I think about it and talking about it, I'm curious as to why that one has never made the li- the list. Um, I mean, I, mean, I knew a lot about it. I knew that at the beginning. The cross-dressing, killer. I don't know. I have to be honest stuff? and say, like, I the- don't, I, well, I don't know why. I, I don't know my parents' history with it. I don't know. I don't think that's it, honestly, because I don't. I mean, that, that it's not really. That's just someone who was like demented. So that would be fine. Like you could, okay, you, could okay. you could just like put that off on that. I mean, I knew that it was scary. I knew that at the beginning of actual showings that there was like a dis, you know a disclosure when the when it was going to be happening. They wouldn't let people into the movie. You know, like past it, it, it starting I knew that there was Hershey syrup used instead of like because it just it's black played, and white so it played better on film I knew a lot of those things but I don't know yeah the one time I did some horror film uh, gore effects and I was just messing with pig intestines and fake blood and it just looked like spaghetti on the screen it, like 
it the camera just doesn't the lighting is off you know we didn't color correct it just yeah you gotta spaghetti. you gotta mess around with it but yeah so i knew all those things um but i hadn't seen it so that that was like i i but i don't I, I gotta be honest like at this moment i don't remember if i knew the extent of it gotcha. at that time i really don't like and that's kind of sad that i don't remember that moment like but I know that that's when I saw it from start to finish. I saw the Vince Vaughn and Hache version first. It was very close. Gotcha. I, I honestly can't tell you which one I saw first, but I did watch that one. He's so good in that. Isn't he? <laughs> he really is for him to then just become this like weird, like, let's get crazy, funny guy. I mean, he'd already been in Swingers by then. Really? Yeah, that was this after Swingers. But he, he's so good And then he that. was like the serial killer in The Cell that Jennifer... Uh... I have one memory of that movie and it's real gross. Like I can't... I have, I don't think we've... Like, I, I feel I like there's I've... a Power Ranger like being tortured. Yeah, it... I think that's all I remember. Some weird thing with intestines is the only thing that I remember from that movie. And I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I saw it in the theater. And, and Definitely it was didn't see it in the a weird fever dream of a day. And that's the extent of it. I don't know. Maybe we visit that on this podcast. Eh. I don't feel like it's, it mattered culturally enough to... Uh, Probably not. No. Uh, so I tried to like find like where from there to the eighties when there's just everybody's getting stabbed naked in the shower. That's just part of it. Like what happened? And there's really not a lot. There is uh, seventy five. The movie Shivers. It's a Dario Argento film. Fabulous, fabulous Italian horror schlock director. I mean, like he did um, Suspiria. Which yeah, okay. is just a fantastic, just slow build. I haven't seen it, but I know there's that one, and then there was a new one. Yeah, they that's... remade the spirit, and I think supposedly the remake's pretty good too. But uh, I haven't seen it. But yeah, just the the build, of just the slow build of tension, fantastic. Speaking fantastic. of Italian thrillers, if you haven't watched White Lotus, ah yes, Italy, you should watch White Lotus. Uh, second season takes place in Italy. It is. Chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, Seventy-six. There's a, but that's a, that's a bath scene in Shivers, not okay. a shower scene. Not, a shower so they, scene. not exactly the same. Okay. Uh, there's a bath scene in Squirm, which is a movie in 1976 about evil mutant uh, worms. Ugh. I I love mutant animal movies. I love I, them so much. I don't know. I don't know. It's usually slimy. Then there's uh, 1978, The Toolbox Murders, directed by Toby Hooper of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame. Okay. Yeah. It is basically like 85% a Hardy Boys story. It's super wholesome, super whatever. <laughs> and then like 15% ladies in the bathtub getting killed by drills and power tools. It's, huh. It gets very Texas Chainsaw Massacre for just a little bit of it. It is... Weird. That's a strange tonal shift. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 but uh, in 1980, we have He Knows You're Alone. We have Dress to Kill. That might go on this. Yeah, I know that title, but I don't know the movie. That's Angie Dickinson is in the shower. Angie Dickinson. And I think it's a body double, but I think Mike, Michael Caine is in it. It's uh, Brian De Palma. What I was believe that movie that, that we watched with, with Angie Dickinson? Like, went to a... 
went to the library and like is followed by some dude and then hooks up with the dude in the taxi cab and then hooks up with them like in a hotel and they get stabbed in an elevator. Ooh. We watched like that much of it. Like we were like, what is this? And we were just like watching it. And then it, it, it looked, it was fascinating. I don't remember. I don't remember. I just have this very vague. Sorry if we spoiled whatever random like 70s, 80s movie that was with Angie Dickinson. I have this really vivid memory of we had just gotten married, just moved into our house, just gotten cable for the first time, <laughs> just had on demand for the first time. And your high school friend, the girl who, my first date, who I went on a double date with Jenny and her boyfriend at the time. Yes. <laughs> and this girl texted you. Like, we didn't even really text back then. But like, there's this movie and it opens with a girl masturbating. <laughs> it was dressed to kill. Okay. And uh, we also have uh, Death Ship. Death I- Ship has a pretty famous blood shower way before Blade, way before mm, um, okay. what we do in the shadows. And the boogeyman also has a shower stabbing. So it's just like 1980 is the year that shower stabbings came back. I wonder and why that is. I think just maybe everybody at the same time kind of got on the same page. And I mean, then that once, happens. I mean, zeitgeist is a real thing. Once that happened, it's just everywhere. By, right. By slumber party massacre. I mean, there's just ladies getting stabbed in the shower. I mean, it's like, oh, wow. Ooh, wow. It's like, oh. So another shower stabbing so fast. And then by what, like 84, I think Nightmare on Elm Street with the glove coming out of the bathtub. Ooh, that's one of the best, best scenes in the history of horror. That's a really complicated scene because, I mean, you're not just like, that's horror and that's scary. But it's like, you're, you're alluding to some things too about like. In the final cut of that movie where he's a mass murderer and not a molester, it's maybe less. Um, but I think maybe like you could say, and maybe this is not what what's his name, Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Yeah, what what Wes Wes Craven was thinking and doing all when of that. When they wrote the script, he was a child toucher, not a child murderer. Well, she wasn't a child at that time, and I mean, if we want to like, th- there's usually some aging out and some of that mm-hmm. shit, but that's not even what we're talking about. I think that it could be some some sort of allusion to like her growing up and her like her connection to some sort of like, you know, life and death and like sex and, you know, you you could there could be something and maybe I'm putting that on that has nothing to do with the, what they were intending, but you could really I think go down that road because Nancy um really becomes like powerful because of him yes yes so there could be something there but by 1983 in vacation they're parroting people getting stabbed in the shower by chevy chase with his banana that's true that's true so by 83 it's already a joke so that's that that's fast that's really fast (laughs) but yeah i mean and then we like full-on scene um bda i'm gonna make her bda because that's cool. I don't know what that means. Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we took a little tangent. There's a back to Dana Barron. Okay. Actually won an Emmy in 1989 for a CBS after school special. No means no. That's great. I was I fall asleep all the time. Listening to, to after school specials. You're wrong about you're wrong episode about. of after school specials. And can I say right now that as you're talking about Dana Barron, I cannot visualize her 
one fucking bit. Like I cannot visualize what she looks like. That's how interchangeable these kids are. they have made these kids. <laughs> like I'm thinking of European uh, Audrey. I'm thinking of uh, Christmas Audrey. Yeah. Oh, wait till we get to the European vacation it's kids. Wild. That's they've got an even better story than these. I can I can picture them better, honestly. But gotcha, gotcha. Um, she was in nine hundred two one zero for about a season. Okay, and she was kind of the the punky alternative one, and they let her modify her own clothes, like just go yes. crazy, kid. Like take some scissors, take some. That's <laughs> fine. I love it. Just do your thing. In two thousand, she was in the movie Python. Oh, I remember Python, kind of. I don't think I've seen it. But it was I... not Anna. You're thinking maybe Anaconda. Anaconda don't want that. Sorry. Um, maybe. Python maybe was definitely straight to video, but it had a great cover. Really great cover. I mean, I I was at the video store. Yes. I probably oh. saw a cover. Oh, I definitely rented this movie back in the day. It stars Robert Englund, Billy Zabka, oh. Will Wheaton, <laughs> and Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, that that's, that's, a, that's that seems like two thousand all star two thousand cast. I just remember. I we've got, this we've movie. got your brooding guy, your like friendly friend guy, and your weird hot chick. I ran to this movie, and it made an impression on me that uh, there is one sex scene in it, and there's like absolutely zero thrusting, zero hump, like. The sex scene, like, until the guy gets eaten by a python. But it is 100% him going down on her, and that's the whole sex scene. Wow. Like, way to, way to, <laughs> to teach some guys some stuff. There's some guys thinking, like, maybe let me tits in this. And that's like, <laughs> revolutionary for the time. Ladies like to feel good, too. I mean, but also maybe we're sending a message. I mean, if you go down on a girl, you're going to get eaten, eaten by, by a, a python. Snake. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's a, um, cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> and basically she, uh, I just realized that I think I've met her before. She works the convention circuit now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And, um, neither actor ever married. That's a weird. They were unlikely to take a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we watch Friends constantly. <laughs> it's just weird that like two child actors and yeah, you know, they both had relationships and then she's had a kid, but like just neither yeah. one ever married. Eh, Unusual. Couldn't, couldn't be fucked with it. <laughs> cool. All right, so DTFBDA. DTFBDA. Okay. Yeah, Beverly D'Angelo. She started her career as a cartoonist. Really? For Hanna-Barbera. Fact uh, of the podcast. I learned oh my that gosh. 30 seconds after we recorded, and I've been waiting two weeks to tell you I that. I love that. That's amazing. Who did she draw? I can't find that information. Uh, maybe we can message her and ask. <laughs> I will do that. I want to know. Maybe she'll tell us. But yeah, so that her she comes from a showbiz family and went to uh, art school, and that was her early career. I she love it. Just dropped everything, moved to Toronto to be a rock and roll singer. I knew she had a. a I mean, I knew she had was either she had or was attempting to have a musical career. Yes. So to make ends meet while she was trying to become a recording artist, she actually uh, worked as a singer in a strip club. Apparently, Forrest Gump did not lie to us. I guess that's actually a thing. There were singers in strip clubs. So she had her big guitar blocking all the bits. I have no idea. Singing a little Bob Dylan. (laughs) 
She was uh, discovered by Ronnie Hawkins. I don't know him. Uh, He's really, I think, most famous for doing a cover of Mary Lou. Not Hello, Mary Lou, but the other Mary Lou song. Like, hello. Okay, No, not Hello, Mary Lou. Then I don't know. Okay. He never had a top 20 hit in America, but he was huge in Canada, in Toronto. He was Uh, like... I love him. Like the Canadian Eddie Money, maybe, or... (laughs) You mean Eddie Money is not Canadian? Is he? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he seems real Canadian. He kind of does. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, I guess his version of Mary Lou is in uh, Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou. Okay. Which a uh, fantastic, fantastic schlocky film if you ever get bored. So she well, joined. I feel like isn't, didn't, how did this get made? They cover did that, that? Yes, Okay. Yes. So check that out. Check out their episode. And check out how did this get made in like half the movies we've done. I mean, that just... I don't think we've ever done one they've already done on purpose. No. I mean, that just is what it like, Body of Evidence. We just listen to Body of Evidence and they talk about the lobsterman. I think they do. I mean, but I mean, that just means that obviously Amazon has not changed that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she joined his band, The Hawks. The Hawks. Johnny, or Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks, of course. Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks. Yes. The Hawks later kind of ditched him and became the band. Oh, I know the band. Uh, everybody knows the band. Like one of so she was a part of the band. Sort of. Like she was to the band what you are to what the Pig Spiders and <laughs> the Cadillac Three and Cadillac Got Black. It. Yeah. Got it. She Got is. It. Yeah, she is. Sorry, is that too? Is that TMI? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it just means like uh, early and not important. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ronnie Hawkins' next backup band would leave him as well to be Janis Joplin's Full Tilt Boogie Band. Feels this like guy he, discovered feels like people. He's the problem. It's him. <laughs> You're tailoring it again. I love it. I love it. So she got a role on uh, Rockabilly Hamlet on Broadway. Cool. In 1977, she was in the film The Sentinel. I've never heard of it. No. We're going to come back to it. Okay. Okay. 78, Every Which Way But Loose. I've heard of that. I've never seen Clint it. Clint Eastwood and the Orangutan. Right turn, Clyde. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> so maybe I have seen that movie. I feel like that was maybe like a watched as a kid, didn't pay any attention except for that. Yeah. I, I've i read somewhere that one of the monkeys got like murdered by the trainer, Woo! but I've done some more research and it looks like both of them lived out happy long lives and had I'm other showbiz careers. I'm scared to death of monkeys, but I don't want them to be killed by trainers. And yes, we're well aware that they're apes, not monkeys. But what? What? Uh, fine, fine, whatever. They're both. They both are terrifying. <laughs> honestly, I don't want to be near an a chimpanzee. I don't want to be near an ape. I don't want to. Or as be my dad would call it, an, an orangutan. Or any of those things, I don't want to be. Uh, they scare me. Which but makes I, me sad because I love that word, but that word might be racist. It's from Edgar Rice Burroughs' book, and it's kind of a a slave lady talking about oh, apes. And, um. No, maybe it's just a small gorilla. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't want to. I I do not wish any ill on our primates. I just you just want them on the other side of the fence. Fair, yes. I have no desire to pet them like I do. Um, cat, big cat. Gotcha. My dad did grow up with a pet monkey, so yeah, he and did. We were shocked that my mom's been gone for three years now, and thank you, uh, my dad's new lady, for him not having a monkey. But now he no longer has a dog, so it's 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 real up for grabs. <laughs> maybe we should get him a new dog. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Nineteen seventy nine. She was in Hair. Oh wow, cool. I have never seen Hair. No, 
I feel like Same. that was one of those that like my mom, Missy mom, my mom took me to Broadway stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're not going to go see hair because no, there might be some boobies. I mean, but was there like a mainstream production of hair here? Oh, hair's come to TPAC a few times. Really? I I've, don't know if there are titties in it, but it's come. I've never seen it come. It hasn't come any time recently. It's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute. But so, yeah, it's just like, like what if? You know? Yeah, she can't I mean, risk that. You went with her to see South Pacific and there was definitely man ass. <laughs> went to her with South Pacific and we went and saw the Adams Family too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess 1980 was probably her big break. Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh, okay. We've talked about watching that at motel rooms. Yeah, I I don't remember any enjoyable watches of, of that except for just kind of realizing that Tommy Lee Jones is in that. Right. But She plays Patsy Cline and she sings all the songs. Oh, wow, cool. And won a uh, CMA award That's for amazing. the soundtrack album. That's amazing. So in uh, 84, I guess this is 83. So she by 83, she's legit movie star, a, a quirky. I want to see pictures of her as Patsy Cline because, I mean, we just know her as this blonde bombshell. But oh, obviously I'll, she would have had to. I have seen them this week, so I can okay. I can get them to you and we can we can post them. Thank you. Um, in 84, she won or she was nominated for an Emmy playing Stella in Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Um. Then her career is just a lot of quirky side characters and, you know, playing Ellen Griswold. The movie that I couldn't, like, what is she in here? She's in Violent Night. Violent Night? Like Silent Night? Or? Like the one with um, Dude from Stranger Things as Santa, like, murdering all. It's kind of like Die oh, Hard. Oh, the meets, new movie? Yeah. Yeah, she's in oh. that. I, I told you there was some trailer that I watched in the last week that she was in. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, so of course, she's in a Christmas movie. Why Why wouldn't she be in a Christmas movie? Of course. Movie? She actually, in 94, she played uh, Kitty Menendez. Uh, oh. Mother of Eric and Lyle. That's a bummer. I know, I know. Uh, she is currently in a jazz band in LA. They play regularly with her brother. They're called Blue Martini. Well, we have to go see that. So you you called it on. She really wanted to be a singer. <laughs> yes. Um. So she dated the director of Hair, Milos Foreman, for about six years. After that, she married Lorenzo Salvetti, uh, which actually made her an Italian duchess. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that for her. So their marriage lasted about six years, split up with him. Uh, about six years with Neil Jordan, the director of all the Irish stuff. The Crying Game, Michael Collins. Okay. Um, and then directed or dated Anton Foust. He was Academy Award winning production designer, Full Metal Jacket, Batman, and Awakenings. That's cool. So production designer of Bat- the original like, Keaton Batman. That's, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he actually died by suicide a couple days after they broke up, which Ooh, is, no. is pretty rough. Yeah. And then had a six-year relationship with Al Pacino. Really? That doesn't show up. No, I've never heard of that before this. And on her, uh, she was just over 49 years old when she gave birth to Al Pacino and her twins. I knew she had twins. I did not know they were Al Pacino's twins. And at 49 years old, that is wild. It is wild. I I knew she had twins at a later age. I have no idea. What am I more afraid of than shower stabbings? Twins at 49. And... Honestly, Al Pacino swims. I mean, <laughs> and Al Pacino. I mean, hoo ha! Talk about hoo hahs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my god! I knew that. I knew she had twins. I they're Pacino spawn. Ah, 
I have no idea. He keeps talking about Diane Keaton. They're only like 23 years old now. That's shit, that was 23 21. years ago? I remember when that was a thing. Holy shit. <laughs> Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> She's been in Playboy twice. Never posed, though. First time was Sex in the Cinema, 1997, November. Which, man, November, uh, 1997, Playboy. Things get, there are the colognes, the cigarettes, the ads for pipe tobacco. I mean, like, where, where? You're going to have a giant headache. How is that a thing? Like, pipe tobacco, full page ads in magazines. That, uh, well, that's. That could maybe be a thing again now. But. I mean, but think about it, though. Like, in 97, like, people who are ordering and paying for Playboy are a lot older than people that you think about, like, who are, like, Hot for Playboy in 97. 77. There's, you said 77? 77, yeah. Oh, I thought you said 97. No, 77. Sorry. I, think you I, said, I might have said 97. I think you said 97. I meant 77. 77. So like, obviously mm, there's advertisements for pipe yeah, tobacco. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something gentlemen still did, but. <laughs> for sure. But so I looked into this movie. It's from 1977. The Sentinel. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a haunted house movie. Like, what do you mean when you say a haunted house movie? Like, person moves into house and weird stuff starts happening. Got it. Not as good as Poltergeist or Amityville Horror. Got it. I still think Poltergeist is funny. Like, I love Poltergeist. It was that was great, a huge surprise. But it had some real funny fucking moments. The Ghostbusters in Poltergeist were fantastic. I mean... Ghostbusters wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for Poltergeist. No, no. And I still feel like I had such a good, accurate description of those people, and you had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and it was legit. And I'm going to repost it because it was hilarious. All right. All right. This movie stars Ava Gardner. Oh, wow. John Carradine. Oh, wow. Jose Ferrer. Wow. Burgess Meredith. What? Eli Wallach. What? In 1977. So what? all of these people like, 20 years past their prime. Are they? I mean, they're still major stars at this point, though. And it also features Christopher Walken in one of his first roles. So, uh, like, he's, like, upcoming star. Chris Sarandon in one of his, like, his second role, maybe. I mean, he's dreamy still. Jerry I mean, Orbach. You need to check out his podcast. He has a lot of, like, cooking. He has a po- cooking podcast. Really? Yes, he does. Huh. And he has friends and stars. But, yeah, I guess uh, Chris Sarandon was nominated for a bunch of awards for Dog Day Afternoon. And so they got him in this, and the director was like, who's this Greek waiter <laughs> in my movie? And trying what? to fire him. And, like, you have no idea. Like, you have no idea. Royalty. You just listen to him speak, and it's amazing. <laughs> uh, Jeff Goldblum is in the movie, and almost all of his lines are dubbed because he's so terrible. <laughs> he keeps just probably just making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh like, i don't know if you guys listen to like anybody listen to conan's podcast like uh conan he's a friend or whatever but the episode with him and jeff goldblum they just like make sounds at each other the entire time it's like, ooh, ooh. like it's like weirdly sexual but not it's very confusing I, mean, I think there's a lot of both jeff goldblum and conan o'brien that are probably weirdly sexual to you uh, i it was a time, you know. <laughs> it was a time. It was a time. But yeah, they that... were they were both quirky, funny. Sorry, you've got a type. I mean, you... <laughs> fair. I do have a type. I do. So do you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the first film role of Tom Berenger, who plays Man at End. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
wow, that is a packed cast. That is wild. This How movie, did they? I mean, it just seems like they would just be in a green room, just crawling all over each I other. No, maybe we should watch this. It is critically panned. I'm it curious is, though. There's a lot of people. It is. I, I guess there's lots of just super trippy scenes with just everybody naked standing around, and I guess that's why they showed that in uh, in Playboy. And there are also lots of scenes of um, actual human oddities. Mm. See, I, I struggle with that, you know, because I love the celebration of True, differences. It, I hate the exploitation of the quote-unquote freak show, but I, I love that people get to be different and get to celebrate that. And uh, It's true. It's, it's very tough because, yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes all of us on our high horse – um, in the perspective of like these people are being exploited, also wind up, you know, kind of in your PT Barnum's uh, era and maybe a little around that. Like, also mean that when that had to stop, those people lost income. Right. So it's like, ugh, like maybe like they're like, this fucking sucks that people think I'm weird, but they're going to pay me to be weird. And that's good for me too. So I don't know. Like, it, that's tough. Like, I want people to thrive. So I don't know what that looks like. I mean, now sideshows are all, all people hanging by piercings and, you know, fire eating. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we went I to I guess a, it's a skill now. I don't know. I, I guess. But we went to a, a sideshow in Coney Island and it was a mix of those things. <laughs> um, it was definitely some people that like were really thriving beyond their physical circumstances. So I mean, that's I, I wanna I want to support that. I wanna support people that are trying like that yeah, that they are they have found a way. But even if people haven't found a way, like I, I don't know, it's so complicated. <laughs> Uh, be good to people <laughs> just be awesome ah! just, just try to be awesome july of 1994 she was in playboy again once not posing but apparently uh some candid shots of her she was at a dweezil and Ahmet zappa show jumped up on stage whipped her top off and sang a couple songs get it girl <laughs> i heart her i think she's we need to pay more attention to her. We, we, we really should. We, we really, really should. So I didn't get too much into print for this, but that issue of Playboy had what is kind of quoted on Wikipedia as their most controversial cover. Why is that? Um, it's got Patty Davis. I don't know who that is. Patty Davis is the uh, child, the oldest child of Nancy Davis, who would later be Nancy Reagan. So it's oh. Ronald Reagan's daughter. Oh, uh, Kind of the... Renowego's daughter or like stepdaughter? Uh, we think it's his daughter. Got it. The, they they were together when she was born, not Got quite it. married, but uh, Got it. So we we think it's his daughter. But he didn't step up. Oh no, he he very much stepped up. Now Nancy disowned her at about twenty and because never spoke Playboy? to her again uh, because she was living with some dude and that she was not married to, which. I don't know, girl. Like, uh, I mean, like for you... real. Like, if we're not. Shh. <laughs> Nancy 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 eye contact hand I mean I, I mean Nancy like you doing that one shoulder thing in your dresses and people want to like talk about you get over your fucking self come on Nancy come on come on come on come on, on. but I guess that uh, she's kind of oiled up nude on the cover with some dude barely covering her boobs but I, I did some research and the Janet Jackson boob cover was almost nine months before this of Rolling Stone 
Oh, yeah, you, yeah. You know the cover oh, I'm I totally, talking about. I totally know that. Yes, back absolutely. When, back when people were like, holy crap, like, Janet Jackson's boobs are scandalizing the world. Boy, did That wasn't if, even the first. That was barely, yeah. Like, if we only knew what was exactly, to come. Exactly, barely. <laughs> yes. But, uh, so, it's got a Bill Gates interview. Weird. Bill Gates framed as a software designer. Uh-huh. Not billionaire, not philanthropist, right, not just... CEO, software designer. And the uh, playmate of the month is Tracy Adele. I don't really know her. Uh, she's from Memphis, a city that we lived for for many years, a city that uh, is experiencing some stuff right now. So, um, yeah, guys, everybody stay safe. We, we want to uh, put our voices out there, and you should put your voices out there, too, that some things that happened should not have happened. Uh, but, uh, but, but everybody stay safe. Yeah. All right. Uh, she's currently a math professor at UCLA and still alive. We are, we are on a streak here. <laughs> we are on a streak. Have we, we did not talk all about the movie poster, did we? Uh, for, for vacation? For vacation? No. Are you familiar with it? No, not at all. There's the poster. Like, it is uh, painted by Boris Vallejo. Yeah, he, he does like Conan, right? Conan covers and stuff. I think Frank Frazetta has probably done more of the Conan okay. covers that you're familiar with, but they are very similar in that fantasy art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got their start in the 70s, and Conan books have been in publication since the teens and 20s. And that when they re-released them with the covers that those guys drew in the 70s, they all of a sudden saw just sales like they'd never seen before. Got it. So it, it's it's kind of like, yeah, it's that like uh, victorious holding a thing over your head. You've got women holding onto your legs. I mean, they he, he did Chevy Chase very well. Like, oh, they're, they're, yeah. He, Chevy he Chase did like, <laughs> like, look at this every single day and... Like, just think of his glory. I mean, there are, like, riblets and, and abs for days. Yeah, he doesn't have any of that. <laughs> I just thought that uh, you'd appreciate that. Absolutely. And then we're going to post it, too, because that's part of us saying, like, hey, check this episode out. So we're just getting kind of to the random stuff that uh, in the reshoots at the ending – Everybody's riding the roller coasters. They were just ralphing everywhere. So I'm by sure. a lot of the shots you see, they're just completely drugged out of their minds on Dramamine. <laughs> and to to... <laughs> so basically, nobody even remembers. I can't imagine having to just like ride a ro- roller coaster over and over and over again for shots. That sucks. <laughs> I mean, the last time we went, you rode like one roller coaster, and we're like, I, did oh, not, yeah, I was a better sport than that. I rode more than one roller coaster. Give me that. <laughs> you rode three that day. That's a lot. Okay, okay. I mean, I've been on a roller coaster 20 years, <laughs> and there's new technology, and it is defying so many things. Right. I was getting headaches. Like, what What the hell? I'm old. <laughs> I'm just like, thinking about G-forces and my life insurance. <laughs> so I looked up some of the filming locations, because this place was filmed just right, all, all over, over the, the Southwest. Yeah. And the Camp Comfort, the place with Brian Doyle Murphy, yeah. it is actually the Riverbend Resort. And it still has the cowbell, the ring for service that was in the movie. At least as far the most recent picture I can find is 2015. But in 2015, it still had that cowbell there, ring for service. That'll so, work. And it had some patina on it. It was kind of <laughs> yes. cool. So box office and stuff released around this time. This movie was number one in the box office for three weeks. This is a That's impressive. huge hit. So the weekend it opened, uh, July 29th of... 
It was number one. Number two, Jaws 3D. <laughs> okay. Number three, Return of the Jedi. Oh, so this oh, movie is wow. ahead of Return of the Jedi. But Return of the Jedi is like 13 weeks in. Uh, got it. So, so it, it, it's trailing. Return but... of the Jedi was number three and would be number three for the last five or six weeks and would be number three for the next several. Yeah. But still, can you imagine a world where a movie like this is ahead of Return of the Jedi? I mean, I get it a little bit. It's like, okay, Return of the Jedi has been out for a bit. We're, we've seen it a couple of times. It'd be nice to see something new and maybe a little funny. Right. <laughs> you know, something R-rated. It. Yeah. like I, uh. So the next one is Crawl, which I remember from playing on the Disney Channel, I think. And Crawl? It's some fantasy thing. The guy's got like a some sort of like a razor frisbee or something that he throws. I don't know. I don't know. Staying Alive is next. Oh, wow. So the sequel. The sequel. Yes, yes. Private School is next. That's got... Uh, I know that's like a thing, but I don't know what it is. Got the mom from Wild Things and Phoebe Cates. Okay, okay. Shit, we were listening to some podcast talking about Phoebe Cates talking about a lot of the movies that she's in, and she is not as delightful as I thought she was. I'm sorry, babe. That's fine. I mean, she can be whatever she wants to be, but... And then uh, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy, and we were almost we almost did that for... We would have done that for Christmas this year if Christmas hadn't been a, a nightmare. Oh, fucking disaster. With Dan Aykroyd, right? Yes, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy and um, Oscar nominee... I'm looking at you. I have no idea. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yes. Congrats, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm so excited for you. I follow you on Instagram and see all the things. <laughs> Class, which is another movie in problematic movies of the 80s. I don't that know That I'm it not at all. really that familiar with. Snow White in his re-release. Oh, okay. War Games. Yeah. Octopussy. Okay. Octopussy came out two weeks after Return of the Jedi. That's weird. That to, to, feels, In this world, you would never release a James Bond movie and a Star Wars movie within two weeks of each other. No, That's, but that you don't know. You don't know. Got Flashdance, Superman 3, Mr. Mom, Porky's 2, and The Twilight Zone. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. Um, Mr. Mom, I was listening... What was I listening to? Oh, I guess it was a How Did This Get Made? And they were, it was just kind of like their like secondary, like a uh, last looks episode. And they were talking about um, movies with Michael Keaton. And they were talking about um, Johnny Danger. Johnny Dangerously? Yes. That was something that we watched, but I don't remember it. I'm sure it was like kind of like, hey, this is, we're, my parents are watching it and you're over here and we are we are banking that you're not paying attention <laughs> to this. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Keaton movies were like heavy in rotation and I don't remember anything about it. So I feel like it should be on the list. Okay, we could take a look at that. So I just looked at, you know, 729 when this came out. So I tried to look, you know, a little before, a little yeah. after. About a month or two months before on 6-3, The Man with Two Brains. That's, That's definitely on our list. Wild movie. I've never seen it. I know the concept. I've seen it once. Yeah. I know it's Kathleen Turner's in it. Right? Yes, Kathleen Turner's in it. Steve Martin. And I feel like we've talked about it a couple of times. Like some of yeah. the. I I feel like I reference it or think about it at least like in in some moments. It's like a couple key moments in the movie. I think it's, I feel like it's kind of macabre. There's probably breasts in it. I think I was maybe going to watch it on Encore back in the day. Like, oh no, like not worth the not worth the getting caught. And, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if there's breasts in it, but it, it's kind of macabre. It's goofy. There's definitely kind of a 
I'm going to call her a femme fatale, but I don't remember if there's tragedy, honestly. Gotcha. 624 yellow beard. One of my absolute <laughs> I know, favorites. I know. I've it seen is. it. I, I've sat with you and watched it through once. Yeah. And I mean, if you can just imagine, it's Monty Python. It's the cast and crew of Young Frankenstein. And it's Cheech and Chong making a pirate movie. It's, and how nobody knows about this movie today is <laughs> just beyond it's me. It's wild because, yeah. Like, it's little, not great. It's it's specific. I mean, Marty Feldman drank himself to death on the, on the set and they had to film the second half of the movie, like redo it because he was dead now. Which makes me sad because I love Marty Feldman. I mean, literally. <laughs> so as a kid, we watched... Young Frankenstein, that was a thing. Like, should I have? I don't know. It's whatever it is. But my mom had to, like, pull me, like, one of those, like, crook out of the situation of, like, some lady or some person with a cane when I said, like, look, walk this way. (laughs) (laughs) As a child. (laughs) Like, I'm observant. I see it. It's happening. Walk this way. (laughs) Like, (laughs) She could blame that all on my dad, and I'm sure she did. (laughs) So the next week, Risky Business. Oh, wow. Okay. One week after this, the week after that, Cujo. The next week, Strange Brew and Easy Money. And then three weeks later, Deathstalker. Wow. So much stuff. And Deathstalker made it to number three on the charts. Wow. How is that a – what world do we live in where that's a thing? We live in a world where movies are catered towards adults and there are lots of them and people go to the movies every week. I guess so. I guess so. Um, in this time from June to September, Chained Heat spent three weeks in the top I ten. I have no idea what that is. It's a women in prison movie with Linda Blair. It's oh. – I think – is Linda Blair maybe Sybil Danning? Lots of shower scenes. Oh, Linda Blair. <laughs> but by 9-2, Mr. Mom has been on the charts for 13 weeks, is now number one, and will spend three weeks on the charts. That's wild that it, like, took it a, a, a jump up. I mean, I guess people are like, it's been here for a while. It's still here. I guess you should check it out. This other stuff looks like shit, so. <laughs> is that a thing nowadays, where a movie is, on the, no. is, is playing in theaters for three months before it hits number one? No, Never. I mean, it's already on streaming by three months. I mean, I remember watching that movie. I feel like it was also kind of one of those things of like, we're watching this. We're banking on you not paying attention. Hey, don't watch this scene. I remember Terry Gar is his is uh, Michael Keaton's wife. I remember crap. I know the, like the the dryer gets off balance and chases him. That's about the only thing. Well, I Well, she's going back to work, and it is. I can visualize who it is. Martin, he's in... Um, Martin Mull, Martin Landau. Yes, Martin Mull. And he's her boss. And there's like this very like, you know, she's going back and like going back to work, becoming successful. Is he trying to kind of like hone in? Is mm. he kind of trying to like step in? I know there's that dynamic. That's all I really know. And there's like him wearing hazmat and a diaper. That's That's like legit. So I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's probably fact of the podcast uh, is that Mr. Mom was number that's one huge, in like yeah. 13th week. So uh, what else you got, babe? I think you did a thorough deep dive, babe. I could have done more, but I don't know. I, I feel like keeping this one about an hour is was a, a choice for me. It's tight. It's tight. I like it. Yeah. No, that's good. 
Um, what the fuck are we watching next? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, are we watching this weird 77 ah. trippy sex horror thing? Are we watching European Vacation? Are we going to... I mean, what else have we said here? Are we doing private school, trading spaces? Are we doing... I don't know. What what you thinking, babe? Flashdance? I've never watched Flashdance. Is it, would that be Adrian Lyons' fourth time if we do that? Maybe. I don't know. Or you do keep you want... track of that kind of stuff. I, right. I, like directors or whatever, in and out. My brain, I don't have room for that. Or do we go like Fast Times? I mean, or... I Not Fast Times. Okay. Let's, yeah. No. Let's do Flashdance. I mean, it's... February, it's kind of romantic, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's I mean, a maniac. Maniac. I'm pretty sure, isn't there like Flash Beagle, the Peanuts cartoon? <laughs> I think they're right. Uh, so like this, this is a very R-rated movie, I'm pretty sure. And Yeah, let's take it there. Maniac, maniac on the floor. All right, we'll see what happens. All right, Flash Dance. We're going to, no bras while recording? You have to take it off with your shirt on? I mean, nobody else knows. Okay. <laughs> so hit the socials, babe. You can follow us on Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. You can shoot us an email, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. Um, check us out. Still, Minx on Max going deeper, but it's going to be on Stars. Is going to Welcome Stars to a new home, right? So we're going to have to subscribe. I we've guess. got a new daddy uh, for for Minx, uh, so keep your eye out for that. We'll be making that adjustment. Um, but yeah, excited for that to be coming out. So if you haven't watched the first season, go watch the first season. I I don't know where you can find the first season right now. Is it still on HBO Max? Is it moved to Stars? I'll have to get back with you on that. I have no idea. Um, But find it. It's awesome. You want to watch it. Listen to our recap. Make some cocktails. And we're prepping for season two. So, yeah. We will see you soon. Uh, We're going to watch Flash Dance. Um, Yeah. We're going to do some dancing. I'm I'm gonna be like running in place and digging leg warmers out of the drawer. And I'm excited. You think she's joking, guys. No. I'm excited. <laughs> Are you going to do the thing where you like pull the water on you? Absolutely. Really? I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know where that's going to happen, but we'll find we'll find um, a mega, what is that called? A mega clip. Uh, that's called a thing. Would you like find lots and lots of clips of people doing that? Because there's plenty of the people oh, sure. yes. aping that. All right, guys. Well, I'm, I'm going to turn this thing off and uh, see what happens. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>